Those people with eager ears will have realised that was not our usual Kaleidopod theme tune. You've just been listening to a very famous piece of music written by Ron Grainer many years ago, which is still used for Doctor Who. And this 23rd of November special, 60 years of Doctor Who, means that Kaleidopod is celebrating Doctor Who. Now I can hear you all saying, what What has Kaleidoscope got to do with Doctor Who? You know, because it, we've never found a missing episode uh, in terms of picture wise but we have found a lot of missing audio recordings some years ago robert Wynn came across a load of recordings at his local tip and instead of chucking them away he eagerly sent them our way and between us and mark Ayres, we rescued them and they were restored now some of these you will probably have heard used over the years on things like the power of the daleks blu-ray where tiny bits of audio are taken from our reels and put onto the reels from graham strong other people like that because they are, you know, uh, the best way of making things complete. Because Graham didn't always keep things like the music, which means sometimes you lose the continuity. So I thought it'd be a fantastic idea for us to do a Kaleidopod where you could hear some of Robert Wynn's original recordings, because I think they're rather good. In some cases, I'm going to play you clips from the actual episodes. In some cases, I'm going to play you things from the ends of the episodes, i.e. the continuity announcements, that you won't find on the various audio CD releases. Now... It all seemed to begin with Dalek Masterpan episode one. He cuts in halfway through the first episode, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, but anyway, let's start with Dalek Masterpan then, and let's look at the death of Katrina. Here's a nice lengthy sequence of the death of Katrina, who sacrifices herself to save the Doctor. Got some serious thinking to do. Katrina, go to those doors and check and see they're made secure. Remember, Chen will have allies on her. Keep back! Out of your move! Oh, I know what you want! Never mind! Never mind! Who's in charge of this thing? Answer me! I am. Wait, where are you heading? Earth. Chen shots. Change it! Where to? Not Earth. Go to the planet Kimball. Kimball! Shut up and do as I say! Kimball's deserted now. It's as bad as Desperus. So is as bad as Desperus. The Daleks are on Kimball. So? The Daleks are no help. We're going back to Earth. And I shall be sent back to the Devil's Planet. No, whoever the Daleks are, they'll help me. No, but I said go to Kimball! Kimball! Only slight damage was sustained. We are ready to continue pursuit of Earth. Thanks, 
secret communication red. He must recapture the terrarium and exterminate creatures who took it. I obey. Pursuit vessel, return to base. We obey. Destroy pursuit ship. They have failed in their mission. We will not tolerate mistakes. We're changing course now. Release that girl. Do you think I'm a fool? Course has changed. We're heading for Campbell. It doesn't feel as if we've changed. Well, look up at the screen and you'll see. Open the door from the control panel, I'm rushing! Joe will be dead before the door's half open. Can we talk to him there? Yes, my child will talk back. That's tiny little bluff. Now then, listen to me. Whoever you are, bring that girl in here, or we will press a button, and you will go outside the door into space. Then the girl dies too. If you open the outside door, I'll press the inner relief, and then we'll all be dead! The point of the secret is crazy. Gotta get Katrina out of the room! Turn the talk back on again! There's no point. Turn it on again before he really hurts her. Oh, he can't kill her. He hasn't a hostage. You animal! <laughs> now that's just a start. Now do as I say! Change course! <laughs> now that's more like it! Take him back to Kimball. Take him back to Kimball. Let the Daleks deal with him. Yes, and us. Oh, don't worry, dear boy. We'll find a way out. <laughs> I can't sacrifice everything for the sake of that one girl. Without us, you wouldn't have got off Kemble at all, and nothing would be worth bothering about. All right, so we all got out here together. But without me, I doubt if you'd have got this far either. That's all right, but I won't let you hurt Katarina. We'll head back for Kemble. As the doctor says, on the way, we may find a way to get her out of there. You won't! <laughs> no! Not that guy! Katarina! Katarina! Light! Yes, you may have wanted to, dear boy. She wanted to save our lives. Must have been quick. I hope she's reached that place of perfection. Yes, but not that way. She didn't understand. She couldn't understand. She wanted to save our lives. And perhaps the lives of all the other beings of the solar system. I hope she's found her perfection. Oh, I shall always remember her as one of the daughters of the gods. Yes, as one of the daughters of the gods. One of the most famous additions, of course, is the Feast of Stephen, which was broadcast on Christmas Day, and that's also part of Dalek Master Plan. But it doesn't exist anymore, and in fact, it doesn't even particularly exist in terms of things like um, photographs and things like that, because being a slightly tongue-in-cheek special Christmas episode, it wasn't sold abroad. But anyway, here you have William Hartnell ending the episode 
wishing people a Merry Christmas. that place. No idea. I'm glad we got away. What were they doing? Your guess is as good as mine. Let's hope we never land there again. Here we are. What's this? We so rarely get a chance to celebrate, but this time we must. Celebrate? Yes. It's Christmas. Don't you remember the police station Christmas? So it was, yes. He has a toast. A happy Christmas to all of us. Oh. <laughs> Send to you, Doctor. Sarah. Incidentally, hey, Christmas to all of you at home. I'm going to move to the conclusion now of Dalit Lassapan episode 12, Destruction of Time, and I'm going to get the end music here as well so you can hear the closing continuity announcement. What's left of it? Every chance Tyranium Core has finally burnt itself out. <laughs> Mm. Wish Sarah could have seen the end. Yes, my boy. So do I. You know, Stephen, the one thing that Sarah lived for was to see the total destruction of the Daleks. Yes, now it's all over. Without her help, this could never have been achieved. What is it? Millions of years of progress. Reversed back. That's all that remains of a Dalek. It's going to have seen enough of this. Well, my boy, we finally rid this planet of Daleks. Brent! Katarina! So? Doctor Who next week is at Also on these tapes, to fill up the space, were some missing editions of The Sky at Night. So here's an extract from The Moons of Jupiter from the 14th of January 1966. Good evening, and a rather belated Happy New Year. Well, from the point of view of astronomy, 1966 has certainly come in with a bang and all sorts of things are going on. For example, there are exciting developments in cosmology, but I'm afraid we can't discuss those this evening. Then, of course, the two Russian rockets are still on their way toward the planet Venus and they'll pass quite close to Venus about next March. And with any luck at all, we'll get back some information then, which will be fascinating, and I suspect may be very surprising as well. We've just got to wait and see. But at the moment, I want to talk about another planet, the giant planet of the solar system, Jupiter, which you can't miss because it's very bright at the moment. You will see it in the southeast after dark, and by uh, midnight, it's very high up and in the south, far brighter than any star. And this is a film we took of it a little while ago, using George Hole's 24-inch telescope down at Brighton. That, of course, is the telescope which we always show at the start of these sky at night programs of ours. Well, you can see there that Jupiter is a flattened disk crossed by cloud belts. And this shimmering, of course, is due to the Earth's atmosphere. It's not a solid body like the Earth. It's made up of cold, dense, poisonous gas, mainly hydrogen. 
and it may have no solid surface anywhere. Now, this is a longer scale uh, photograph, and on a, um, you can see there the planet, and also you may be able to see four of its 12 moons. Now, this is rather dark, I think, but if you turn up the brightness of your set just for a moment, then you should be able to see the four moons, three of them over to the left of Jupiter and one over to the right. The one on the farthest left is the most difficult to see. And in point of fact, these little satellites are visible through any moderate telescope, uh, and they are named Io, Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto. They've been known now for more than three and a half centuries. Well, I do hope you can see them all right. If you've turned up your set, I think you should be able to do so. Well, these satellites are important, and they're interesting, and they've come very much to the fore recently. Two of them are about the same size as our moon, and the other two are considerably larger. I think the best thing I can do, probably, is to show you a drawing of Jupiter's system to scale. And there in the middle is Jupiter itself, and you can see the orbits or paths of the satellites round. Now, the innermost one is Io, which is a little bit further away from Jupiter than our moon is from our Earth. But inside the orbit of Io, not shown on this diagram, is a still smaller moon, known officially as number five, because it was the fifth to be, uh, to be discovered, but it's also got the name of Almalfia, which seems to have come into general use now. Well, it's very small, and you can't see it without a powerful telescope. Of course, Jupiter itself is not a world where anybody will be able to land, even in the remote future. There's no solid surface. I suppose it's within the bounds of possibility that someday a rocket carrying a man will land on some of the satellites. And here's Patricia Cullen's impression of Jupiter as it would appear from its second satellite, Europa. And you can see there that she's put in satellite number five. You can see it there as those, that little dot against the planet together with its shadow. And the large oval above it and to the left on Jupiter is the famous Great Red Spot, which is a very mysterious thing indeed. It's persisted for some centuries now, and any small telescope will show it. It's very prominent at the moment. Now, these four satellites are interesting objects, and I'd like to show you a drawing of them by Leslie Ball. There's Jupiter in the middle, the two satellites over to the left are Ganymede and Callisto, and the one indicated now by the pointer is Io. And Io is the subject of investigations at the present moment. In 1955, it was discovered quite unexpectedly that as well as sending us visible light, Jupiter sends us radio radiation. Not, of course, artificial radio waves, I don't mean that for a moment, but long wavelength radiation that is collected by radio telescopes. Well, this was a complete surprise, and no one knew just why Jupiter was sending out this radiation. But the really staggering shock of the last couple of years is the discovery that the amount of radiation coming to us from Jupiter is affected by the position in its orbit round Jupiter of Io, the innermost of the large satellites. Well, I am not a radio astronomer myself, and so I think it's time that I handed you over to somebody who is and someone who specialised in this particular problem. Uh, he's very familiar to those of you who watch these Sky at Night programmes, and here is Frank Hyde. We move on next into the massacre a story that you probably have heard a lot about recently because Ian Levine is trying to animate it. I have to say the animation looks very good from the stills I've seen online. I don't know where he's taking his soundtrack from, but uh, if he wants our soundtrack, he only has to ask us. We'd be delighted to give, give him this version if people think this is better quality than the Graham Strong one, which exists already. I don't know because I'm no audio expert. But this is an extract from episode two of The Massacre called The Sea Beggar. For goodness sake, Gaston. It's quite likely we drew the wrong conclusion. No, sir. The girl overheard the men talking about Bassey, and it would happen again before the week was up. No, she didn't. She heard them mention the name Bassey. And then, just before she ran away, she heard them say it would happen before the week was out. But what's the difference? It's quite likely that the name Bassey had nothing to do with the massacre there, and the it was referring to something else entirely. No, Nicholas, you can't... Nicholas, I'm sorry to have to bother you again. Don't worry. Antoine, bring another glass. Yes, monsieur. 
You uh, didn't find your friend? No. I even went to the tut, the place where we were to leave from. There wasn't any sign of it. Well, if he's fallen foul of the Catholics who roam about the streets, heaven help him. Many of our followers are just as bad. Nonsense. Pay no attention to Gaston. Now, what can I do to help you? Well, my friend went to the Port Saint-Martin, as you know. I must try to find him there, but I'm afraid I can't remember your directions. I'll come with you. Thank you. Before you go, I think you have a visitor. Who? Roger Colbert. Recently appointed temporal secretary to the Abbot of Amboise during his stay in Paris. <laughs> I'll wager he's come to fetch the girl. An unexpected visit, Monsieur Colbert. Nicholas Moss? Yes. Forgive me for calling on you like this, but I believe that yesterday you were put to some inconvenience by a servant from the household of the Abbot of Amboise. Inconvenience? I understand she overheard someone say something and was frightened by it. She ran away, and I hear that you kindly gave her refuge in the Admiral's kitchens. And what could the abbot say that would frighten a servant so? The abbot was not then in residence. She heard someone speak of Vassy, and I believe that she was there when that unfortunate business took place. She was frightened, I suspect, by her own memory, rather than by anything she heard. And do they discuss the slaughtered Vassy so glibly? People can talk of the town without referring to that. Surely, that is the very girl. That girl? Yes. Her name is Anne Chaplet. Allow me to take her with me. Oh, no, 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 no. It must be mistaken. That girl is called, um, um, Genevieve. And she's been working here ever since the Admiral came to Paris. I see. Forgive me for troubling you. the same man who followed my friend from the tavern. You're sure? I'm positive. But what could the abbot of Amboise want with your friend? Well, well, well. The abbot has come himself. And all for the sake of a servant. That's the doctor. That's the doctor talking to Roger Colbert. I must go to him. Thank you for all your help. Uh, one moment. Yes? You say that man is your friend? Yes. And how long have you been working for the Abbot of Amboise? What? The man talking to Colbert is the Abbot of Amboise. In what capacity do you serve him? What are you talking about? Well, that man's the do Police. Go on. It looked like the doctor. But if you're certain, the certainty is that I don't like Catholic spies. I'm no spy, listen to me. I thought that man was the doctor. If you say it was the abbot of Amboise, then I must be mistaken. Perhaps, oh, Nicholas, I can prove that the doctor looks like the abbot. Show me the way to the Port Saint-Martin. We'll go to the shop of Presley and the apothecary. You'll meet the doctor. And walk straight into a Catholic trap. It's no trap. Nicholas, if I were a spy, would I be such a fool as to betray myself Nicholas, like this? Nicholas, no, I think he may be telling the truth. I'll come with you. Yes, so will I. No, stay here. If I don't come back, go to the Admiral. Look, you're mad! You have to this find man. out! Come, monsieur. And for your sake, I hope we find your friend. And here's part of the ending for episode four of The Massacre from Bell of Doom. And once again, we're also going to play the end music so you get the continuity announcement.
Who are you? Where's the telephone? What did you say? The telephone. I've got to ring up. Oh, pull yourself together, child. I, I think you've made a mistake. Who are you? Are you the police? Oh, good gracious, of course not. <laughs> but this is a police box. It says so outside. Yes, yes, I, I know, but uh, it isn't if... Uh, you know what I mean. Now run along and find another police box. In any case, child, what do you want to do with the police, hmm? There's been an accident. A little boy's been hurt and I've got to phone the police. Oh, well, I'm afraid I can't help you. No, you must run along and phone the police somewhere else. And at the same time, phone for an ambulance. Wait a minute. If this isn't a police box, what is it? I know are you. Well, my dear, uh, I'm a doctor of science and this machine is for travelling through time and uh, relative dimensions in space. Now, you... Come again? Oh, never mind, my dear. Never mind. Run along. There's <laughs> something odd going on here. Oh, please, child. No, Quick. You've got to take off. Oh, so you come back, my boy. Yes, yes, I'll come back. We can't go into that now. There are two policemen coming over the common towards the target. And coming here? Yes. Good gracious, they want to use the telephone or be quite in back. was close. Well, tell me, young man, what made you change your mind? Hmm? How did you get in here? On my feet, same as you did. The... Do you realize what's happening? We've taken off. We could land anywhere. We really travel. Where to? We're traveling in time and space. We're not on Earth anymore. We, we could land anywhere in any age. Tell us another one. Doctor, how could you? What else could I do, dear boy? You don't want a couple of policemen aboard the TARDIS, do you? You do. You're the most inconsistent young man. Just now you were telling me off for not having that shuttling going aboard. Ah, oh, that was different. This is no joyride, you know. You may never get home again. I don't care. What about your parents? I haven't got any. I live with my great aunt. And she won't care if she never sees me again. No, no, you see, all this fuss about nothing. <laughs> and don't you think... She looks rather like my grandchild, Susan. You forget, I've never met your granddaughter. Oh, no, 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 of course not, no. <laughs> yes, but she does, you know. What is your name, child? Dodo. What? It's Dorothea, really. Dorothea Chaplet. Chaplet? Yes, but uh, you, you're not French, are you? Don't be daft. My granddad was, though. Doctor? It's not possible, is it? Chaplet? Anne's great, great... Yes, yes, it is possible, my boy. Very possible. Welcome aboard the TARDIS, Miss Dorothea Chaplet. Dodo. Oh, my dear, my dear. <laughs> Doctor Who's Adventures continue with a new story next Saturday at 5.15. We're going to skip over the arc which he recorded because you can buy that on commercial DVD. Go on to Celestia Toymaker. And here we're going to look at two extracts. The first one is from The Dancing Floor, episode three. 
There's another fake. I wonder how many of these things he made. Far too many. I'm beginning to wonder if we ever see the real one again. He might be shut in here forever. Uh, of course we'll find it. I'm too undone to lose heart now. I've been through too much. How on earth do we get out of this thing? I wonder if we'll ever see the sergeant and the cook again. They were rather funny, you know. Look, you still believe in these creations of the toy maker, don't you? You can't see that they're just phantoms. Things created in his mind. If that's so, why do they lose to us? And always through doing something silly and human. Maybe they get out of his control. There, yeah, that's just what I meant. What are you talking about? Look, he can bring them to life, but they have wills and minds of their own. I'll never be able to look at a don or a playing card again with an empty mind. They really do have a secret life of their own. Oh, 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 we've got to get you out of here and quick. Why, what do you the mean? The place is beginning to get you. Oh, rubbish, just because you can't we've see got it. got to find the next clue. Well, there isn't even a telephone here. It must be in here somewhere. Still, I can't help wondering what happened to them. You forget that I can see you, even if no one else can. But you laugh too soon. The game is not yet over, either for you or for your two clever friends. They still have a game or two to play yet. But they must not win the next game. Clowns! Nursery characters! Playing cards! I was foolish to trust you to play my games for me. You're all too human, too kind. I must find a more deadly character. Ah. The most deadly character of them all, because he looks so innocent. A fat, jolly schoolboy. I wonder what your friends will make of him, Doctor. And I see you only have a hundred and twenty-three moves to go. Now, episode four, if I'm right in thinking, exists already, so we're not going to play you a piece of that. But we are going to play you the end music, with the apologies to Frank Richards' estate, uh, for using a character that looked very similar to Billy Bunter. Then your battle with him will never end. Yes, you're quite right, my dear. But anyway, let us cheer up. After all, we did win the game. <laughs> hey, let's celebrate with these. With what? Here, these. What are they? Yes, they're all sweet. He gave them to me just before the race game. Oh, throw them away, Dodo. I only told you to take them so that we wouldn't waste any more time. Oh, all right. It's really interesting. The last present from the toy maker. <laughs> I wonder. For any apparent similarity between the characters of Cyril and Billy Bunter, the BBC makes its apologies to the Frank Richards estate. Here again, we're going to skip over the gunfighters and go straight on to the savages. And here is an extract from the savages episode one as the doctor explores the new location he's in. What's happened? Up there. 
There's nothing there. I saw a man in animal skins and with an axe. Are you sure? The doctor said... I don't care what he said. I saw him. He was like a savage from the Stone Age. The doctor was wrong. Not in the future at all. We must be back at the beginning of murder. <laughs> oh, that ridiculous young man. He thought I'd made a mistake. <laughs> he is coming. What's he carrying? It is not a light gun. He is one of the leaders. He is not one of our people. He is coming near. We must run. Stay. We kill this man. Hello there. I say, come out from underneath there. Now, don't be alarmed. Come down. No. <laughs> Look. Can you hear me? <laughs> oh, I say, do come out from underneath there, will you? <laughs> oh, good gracious me. <laughs> you know, I, I thought for one moment you were hiding behind those bushes. <laughs> I've come to welcome you. It is a great honor to have you visit our planet. Oh, yes, I see. Well, I am expected. <laughs> do you know who I am? Not your name, of course, but our space observers have their own name for you. Oh, and uh, what might that be? You are known to us as the Traveller from Beyond Time. I see, and how would you expect me here and now? The elders of our city have been plotting the course of your space-time ship for many light years. They estimated your arrival some time ago. I see, yes, but that's very clever of them. Hmm, what, what is this? We understood from our elders that you did not carry weapons. Oh, yes, they're quite right. Yes, I never do. No, this is my RV, you see. This is my reacting vibrator. I'm able to do my calculation from this. As I told my young friends... You're not uh, alone? Good gracious, no. Uh, uh, did you expect me to be? We had no information about your companions. Oh, they're very pleasant, yes. They're both very pleasant, apart from their juvenile exuberance. Yes, I'm sure you'll like them. They uh, let us get the back here somewhere. I think they're rather worried because I'm... A bit late, John. We had no instructions about them. The elders must be informed. You must come with us. You must. Uh, Captain Nadal wishes to take you to the elders of our city. They are waiting to welcome you. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. I'll, uh, I shall come with you. Uh, meantime, young man, I wonder if you'd mind trying to find my young people for me, Stephen and Dodo. Uh, tell them the doctor sent you. Go for the next horse. Bring them to the city. This way. I'll have to go and look for him, Dodo. Something must have happened to him. I'll come with you. Stephen! What is it? There is something up there. Look, you're imagining things. Come <laughs> Told you. As sharp as a knife. You're right, Dodo. There is someone up there. Well, what do we do now? Back to the TARDIS, quick. Welcome to the Traveller's Companions. You are Dodo and Stephen. How do you know? Who are you? The Traveller told me I would find you here. The Traveller? You mean the Doctor? Is he all right? Perfectly. He has gone to meet the elders of our city. But the savages! I think you will find that some of us are fairly civilized. Then this isn't the Iron Age. By no means. Doctor was right. Please, come with me to the city. Our elders wait to honor your Doctor. They will be very happy also to welcome his friends. And here's an extract from episode three of The Savages. 
And an extract from episode four of The Savages. Someone coming. There's no need for that, my boy. Doctor. Shh, shh, shh. Don't along. It's the doctor there. It is Jano. Yes, I am here, Jano. We were expecting you. Tell your people they are quite safe, child. Jano comes as a friend. <laughs> Do not be afraid. We must trust this man. How do you know that I come as a friend? Oh, my dear Jano, it wasn't difficult. I knew you were to undergo the entransference yourself. You knew that? Yes, an unknown experiment. And you're not the type of man to allow others to take risks. You're right, Doctor. 
But now tell me, what has happened to me? Well, it's all very simple. You wanted my intellect. You got it. And along with it, you received a little conscience. Hmm? Conscience? Yes, yes. You see, Jano is now saddled with the sense of right and wrong, which makes him an explosive element in a civilization such as his. Is this true? It must be. All I know is that since the experiment, I have not been sure of myself. I have grown aware of the evil that we have done, and I am determined to end it. You are going to help us? Yes. Your friends would never agree. I know. I will not try to persuade them. Jano has another plan. How did you know, Doctor? I think it's like mine. Hold him! If he gets back, that will be the end of your fine plan. We must take that chance. Menina! Why did you follow? If you betrayed Jano, what would become of us? It is Jano who is the traitor. What if you learn to exhaust? But we are people like yourself. What chance will we ever have if you speak? You think I can keep silent about what I've heard? You owe me your life, exhaust. I have a right to ask you. If you are against us now, you condemn us forever. I promised Jaina that I would tell no one about the intransference. But now I must. It appears that Jano has absorbed dangerous ideas from the doctor. What can we do? We can no longer trust Jano. He is not fit to lead us. I will take command. Declare an emergency. Once again, this tape is filled up with a sky at night. So here's a little bit of moment of discussion of Man on the Moon from the 11th of March, 1966. Now, only 3 minutes 36 seconds exists of this edition of Man on the Moon. So we're going to play you complete so you get all of it from this, insofar as we expect it to be even more porous, even more rugged than this if it is a lava field. And this uh, crucible here is, uh, was, uh, hold, holds a certain amount of rock which we prepared in the University of London by melting some rock in a furnace and then putting the crucible in a vacuum and the rock bubbles up, forming a spongy, very porous, a spongy structure which is even more, we think, like the structure photographed by Luna 9. This would, in fact, be the kind of process happening on the moon where the atmosphere is so thin, if it exists at all, that you can forget it. Absolutely. This is why we did it in the vacuum conditions, of course. Yes, exactly. Well, now, what do you think is the sum total of all this? Uh, I realize it hasn't cleared up uh, all the problems, but what do you think now is the main evidence? Are the craters volcanic? Are they meteoritic? And do you think there's any thick dust anywhere? I think the controversy has not ended. For reasons I've given already, I yes. think this could be a meteoritic terrain punctured by meteorites, or it could be lava or rock punctured by meteorites, or it could be a lava field. As it looks like a lava field, I prefer to think of it as a lava field at the present time. On the other hand, the other thing you, you asked about the, uh, the uh, um, possibility of deep dust anywhere. Of dust, well, I think the, the dust theory is out uh, insofar as we have not got here any evidence for free-flowing dust. It could be sintered dust, that means dust stuck together by the action of the sun's radiation. Well, thank you very much indeed, Gilbert Fielder. 
Now, before we end tonight, I must go back for one moment to the Barwell meteorite. And those of you who watched our Sky at Night last month will remember we were talking about this. Uh, this was the meteorite that came down over Leicestershire on Christmas Eve. And uh, there are still pieces of it waiting to be found there. The total weight uh, of the meteorite seems to have been something like 200 pounds before it broke up, and the diameter, well, it must have been more than a foot anyway, so it's large by British standards, uh, even though not all of it has been found. In point of fact, I went to the area a couple of days ago with Howard Miles, who's been in charge of the investigation, and owing to his expert guidance, we went to the area where pieces might be expected to be found, and uh, by sheer luck, I picked up quite a large chunk of it. And here, in fact, is uh, a piece of the Barwell meteorite, and you will see there on the edge a part of the burnt area, uh, the outer skin where it came down. Well, this particular piece weighs more than a pound, and it is only one of very many pieces of the kind. But in order to get the tracks of these things, and I say these things because there was more than one, the meteorite broke up in the atmosphere and various objects came over, we do need all the reports possible. We sent out an appeal last time, and the response was amazingly good. We had a great many reports, and these have been invaluable. But there may be some to come in yet. And so if you do live in the Midlands, and on Christmas Eve you did hear or see anything unusual round about tea time, will you please send in your report to Howard Miles, 21 Babacombe Road, Coventry, Warwickshire. And it will be very much appreciated. So I think, as I said when we started this programme, 1966 has certainly begun in really dramatic fashion. And what's going to happen before the next Sky at Night programme? Well, I just don't know. But it could be almost anything. Good night. War Machines is already out on DVD, and you can buy that. We are going to play you the end continuity announcement from episode one. What are my instructions? time of 6.55. One of my favourite stories is The Smugglers, and this is a wonderful extract from episode one of The Smugglers. Good heavens! Naomi, where did all this come from? Well, it was a police box, wasn't it? Why are you both doing it here? You dropped your keys. Oh, dear, you follow me into the TARDIS. The what? The TARDIS, sir. This is a vessel for travelling through time and space. Why did you follow me? I'm, I'm terribly sorry if we've annoyed you, Doctor. It was my fault, I'm afraid. Oh, what sort of... I stand back on those controls. Those controls are used for dematerialising. Dematerialising? What does that mean? 
You and this young lady are experiencing it. You are now travelling through time and space. Yeah, well, uh, make sure I get back by tea time, Doctor. I've got to get back to the ship by tonight. Young man, it's going to be a long time before you see your ship again. Eh? Why? When are we going to land? I don't know. That's the cause of half my trouble through my journeys. I never know. Why not? I have no control over where I land. Neither can I choose the period in which I land in. Oh. Now, you see that scanner? That is what I call a scanner up there. We get a very good view from the outside. Ah, yes, I think we've landed in some sort of caves. Yeah, well, thanks for the own movies, Doctor. Now, if you just open the Wait, door... wait, wait, young man. We don't know where we are. We don't know if it's safe or what period we're in. Well, look, I'll take a little bet with you, eh? London, 1966, Fitzroy Square. Yes, I think it's quite normal. Yes, the temperature's all right. Well, I think you can leave, but watch your step. What a relief. You have me nervous for a minute, Doctor. Oh, dear, all this distraction. I really thought I was going to be alone again. Crikey, look! Bena and Scared, what happened to her? A row. There may be some kind of hypnotist. Pinch me. Ow, not that hard. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. What are you doing that for? I never leave it unlocked, my boy. Doctor, you must take a bath. I'm not going to take you back to London in the TARDIS. Well, you refuse, eh? <laughs> my dear young man. Oh, come on, Polly. We'll find our own way back. <laughs> well, I suppose I stopped to chase after them. They're quite incapable of looking after themselves. <laughs> Look at me. I can't believe it. Hey, this is exciting. Well, it might be if I was going to push for time. Come on. Please. Yes, I wonder. Yes, I wonder. Really It'll be a long line till the few hours in the bus stop. We've got any idea where we are? Looks like Cornwall to me. Cornwall? Are you sure? Looks like it, me handsome. Oh, I don't know what this is about. All I know is I've got to get back to barracks. Come on, it'll take hours from here. All right. Are you coming with us, Doctor? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> you may know where you are, my dears, but not when. Oh, I can foresee oodles of trouble. There, <laughs> oh, dear, I suppose I'd better follow them. See that they don't get into any harm. <laughs> There's a church. Where we are in our end time, after all. Yeah, you didn't really believe all that nonsense about past and future, did you? We can't be too sure, my boy. Sure? There are millions of churches like that. Oh, good gracious, most of them have been standing there for centuries. Yeah, well, so have we here. Come on, I've got a train to catch. Sorry, Doctor, but we'd better find a station. We could talk on the train. Oh, talk on the train, child. <laughs> Sir Eustace, I can't read it. You think there'd be a few houses or something? I bet it's miles to a bus. Well, there doesn't seem to appear in any Victorian restoration. I think it could be any time after the 16th century. Only it's not. It's good old 1966. Well, I don't think so, somehow. Hold fast! What's that? Oh, Pete, would you put that gun away? Hold like tongue, lad! 
And here's another wonderful extract from The Smugglers, episode four. Strange terms indeed. I prefer to call them humane, sir. And you'd want none of the gold. I would rather not touch it. Ha! Heard of Avery's curse, eh? I have given you all my reasons. I want no part of the gold. Though perhaps I can deliver it to you immediately. If I keep my lads out of the village. There is no need for innocent people to suffer. Well said, Doctor. Well said. I like my lads to be happy, Sawbones. That way they work well. You'd have Avery's gold on our stores, would you, villain? Will nothing satisfy you? Oh, you have an uneasy conscience, have we, squire? Ye lily-livered rogue. Ye dare to call me villain. No, I've been a rogue. I frankly admit it. But the generosity of this stranger has shamed me. But I never spilled blood in my villainy. I beg you as a fellow rogue, if you must, spare my poor villagers. When the fever is in the lad's bones, nothing but blood will slake it. Senseless distraction. Tis my way of being a pastime with us gentlemen of fortune. Why should I stop them? Told. Oh, you admit it to be difficult, eh? You'd rather let them run mad and test their obedience, eh, Captain? No man defies me and lives to speak of it. No, but you'd not give that one order, eh? A highly disciplined crew, in truth. They'd do as I bid or die of it. Would they? Aye, they would. Prove it. Aye, I will. When I have the gold. I suppose we must trust you? Aye, you must. And take heed of Cherub yonder, eh, Sawbones? Have no fear, Captain. I am not likely to try and cheat you just as he did. Out with it, then. Show me the gold. Come on, Dr. Nelly, there. Oh, oh. Oh. You okay? Oh. Yeah. How much further is it? I told you we're nearly there. It's only about another hundred yards. Well, look, you go back and get the doctor, then. Well, will you be all right? Yes, I'll be fine. Look, hurry, I'll see you back at the TARDIS. OK, then. Oh. Polly. Yeah? Put the kettle on. Mm. Oh, I found nothing. The rest of you come with me. Now, let me see. The church warden set me a riddle which involved four names. Ringwood, Smallbear, Gurney, and Deadman, which should be on that wall, sir. Four names of Avery's crew in the old days. Ah, yes. It's there. How Dead come man. those names here? They died on the seven seas, all of them. The original names were changed by the church warden. Aye. Like a marker, eh? Yes, that is correct. And unless I am very much mistaken, sir, this flagstone is at the intersection of those fateful names. Iron is loose. Stand aside. Indeed. I think that is what you seek. What's this? I see nothing. Hey, how deep is it? Still nothing, blast your eyes! Nay! Nay! What's it? <laughs> what the? What price a damn day when I know?
Now, Ten Planet Episodes 1 to 3 exist, so there again, we're not going to play you any of that, but we are going to play you an extract from Ten Planet Episode 4. It's the slightly longer version of the actual regeneration sequence when William Hartnell chains into Patrick Troughton. The Cyberman menace has ended all over the world. Let me have a full report as soon as you can. Sir, will do. Did you hear that? He wants a full report. Where exactly shall we begin, do you think? Doctor! Ben! Oh, please, Ben, help me get me no, out of here. Don't panic. I'll, I'll have you ask soon. Oh, my hands are stuck and I yeah. Oh, Ben, I've been so scared. Just take it easy, love. Take that it easy. Thing, it just fizzled into nothing, then it was awful. Yeah, what's the matter with the doctor? I don't know. When the lights went out, he just tended to sing. Hey, come on, doctor. Wakey, wakey. It's all over now. Oh. Oh. What did you say, my boy? It's all over. That's what you said. But it isn't all. It's far from being all over. What are you talking about? I must get back to the TARDIS. Immediately. All right, Doctor. I must go now. Are we going to go back and say goodbye or anything? No. No, I must go at once. Oh, well, you better have this. We don't want you catching your death of cold. Ah, yeah. Thank you. I forgot. Keep warm. What happened to him? Don't know. He seems to have lost his sense of humour. Well, I can't wait to get out of the train. Good-looking guys, aren't they? Whisperer! Open the door! Hey, listen to me! There's one leader there, all places! Open up! It's like I said, he's out on Blu-ray and you can hear the various bits of presentation that Robert Wynn found uh, and was transferred by Mark Ayres uh, on that release, I believe, though I don't think it's credited to us, but that doesn't matter to us anyway. 
uh, they used our bits of audio and we're delighted they did that. But just so you can enjoy the power of the Daleks in at least one experience with us here today, here's a piece with the Daleks from episode five. Wait there. Guards dismiss. So, Bregan, you want my cooperation, do you? It would save bloodshed. I might even let you keep the title of governor. Might you now? I'll tell you what you will do. You'll order your guards to disarm and place yourself under arrest immediately. So you reject my offer. I thought it a generous one in the circumstances. What circumstances? Look at this. What is it? The reason that the colony is now mine. Is it a... A weapon of some kind? I'll arrange a demonstration for you. Do you still refuse my offer? I will not be intimidated. Of course not. In character to the last tensile. Kill him. Complete obedience from everyone. I'll have to check the cable circuit now, otherwise, it's just as you asked for. Very well. Why can't you carry on with the power you're drawing from the colony? Why go to all this trouble? Until now, we have had to recharge from the colony supply with static power. electrical circuit of their own supplying static electricity. I wonder how much longer we've got. I didn't realize they'd have a circuit of their own. outside just now. Valmar, he's been working for the Daleks. On their static power supply. Doctor, they've got Ben. Yes, I know. He ran away so that I could... Oh, well, it's a long story. But don't worry. That boy can take care of himself. Take that. That won't help. Be careful not to hurt you. Doctor. Yes, return to capture and report. 
are to wait here until the human beings fight among themselves. Then we will strike and exterminate. The one man who could have saved us. Don't worry. The people will follow you too. Maybe. But there wasn't any maybe about Hensel. He was old-fashioned, single-minded, yes. But he's done a lot of wonderful work for this colony. Events turned out against him, that's all. But why? Why was he killed? I can answer that. He wanted to destroy the Daleks, so one of them killed him. Now I'm declaring martial law. You'll be returned to prison and properly guarded this time. Martial law? What good do you think that will do against the Daleks? The Daleks will do as I tell them. We shall see, shan't we? Take them away. to the Highlanders and here's the Doctor's first meeting with Jamie McCrimmon who became uh, a faithful companion for many, many, many stories. I know not and I'm no Scots. They threw down the Prince's coquette. Hold? What Prince? Prince Charles Edward. Bonnie Prince Charlie. You have the towel. Aye, I thought so. English, the three of them, camp followers to the Duke of Cumberland, come to steal from the dead. Find them all, aren't you? Do you wish to pray before you die? Die? Die for what? You can't kill us in cold blood. Oh, our blood's warm enough. Your English troopers gave no quarter to men, women and bearings. Doctor, tell them who we are. Get away with you, woman. We have need the doctor. Ah, me, me, doctor. Me, doctor. Tell them after. Let them help the Lear. We're not going to trust the Lear with these Sassanax women. Just stick to the women. Why the hell of you? Oh, your lad will need a doctor. And now, Ben? And now, gentlemen? I'm warning you. Your swords, I think. Ben, cock the pistol. Oh, come on. Give them up. Holly, take the swords. At the fire. Now, back against the wall, both of you. Go on. That's better. Now, I'm going to have a look at the wood. Come along. Ah, come along. Uh, Let me see. Oh, yes. Ah. We're going to need some clean water to bathe the wound. Ah. Ah. I will not leave him. We are not going to harm him. Polly? Yes? You go with her. All right. Off you go, then. Will you show me where the stream was? Here, Kirsty. Take the red spyglass with you. Watch out for these Sassenach dragoons. Ah. 
could put that away now, Ben. Put it away, but... Will you both give us your word that you'll not molest us? We're only trying to save your lad from bleeding to death. Aye. You have our word. Put it away, Ben. What are you going to trust these blokes? Highlander's word is his bond. At least don't point it at me. Just went off. You fool! You'll have every English soldier within miles. What's wrong with that? What? You should have paid more attention to your history books, Ben. Eh? Redcoats. There's about six of them. Those slaughterers. A room with Miss Eilish, sir. In the door of the college where the shooting seemed to come from. Good. Only one? Only one scene, sire. Well, it could be more. It better be. Haven't seen many, have we? Yeah, uh, well, the troopers were ahead of us, sir. And done a good job. But I wish they'd left us some pickings. Uh, perhaps uh, when they got away, they took their possessions with them. Let's hope so. Take a man round the rear, sergeant. We'll outflank them. Sir. Tell them to shoot first and take no risks. Remember, these rebels will be desperate by now. Yes, sir. Donner. Barnes in battle order. Be caught like right in the trap. We not run for it. And leave the lad to their mercy. There's but one chance. There's but a very slim one. I will try and draw them away from this cottage. Wait. Wait. And here's a wonderful extract from the end of the Highlanders when Jamie decides to join the Doctor in further adventures. You know where you are now? Yeah, I won't forget this place in hurry. Well, it's time we say goodbye, Lieutenant. And... Thank you. I've been telling him all about Mr. Gray's activities. Yeah, you want to nab him quick. Oh, Algie. Here you are. Well, thank you very much. There's nothing. Ah, so you found these rebels, Lieutenant. Well done. You can escort them with me to Inverness. You will not escape the gallows this time, Doctor. Any of you. As for you, wench, I'll have you tied to the tail of a cart and whipped from one end of a... Silence! What was that you said? I've heard the whole story of your schemes from this young lady here. You take a word of this What rebel? wicked times we live in, Lieutenant. A prison commissioner using his office to smuggle rebels out of the country. Hmm. You're wasting your breath, Doctor. It was all perfectly legal. The rebels signed the contracts for transportation of their own free will. Contracts? I don't believe I saw any contracts. Did you, Ben? No, I wouldn't know what they were. Are you, Jamie? Me? No. A lie, Lieutenant. The contracts were signed. I have them right here in my... In my... So sad. Mm. Once a promising legal talent. There's only one in for slave traders, Solicitor. I'm placing you under arrest. I warn you, Captain. I've had enough of your warning, sir. Gag him, Sergeant. Take him to prison under arrest. Sir. No, wait! This is a lot of trick, you fool! The Colonel hears of this. You'll be lucky to end up as a bang my head. Take him away, you traitorous dog! Do you mind what I mean? Well, goodbye, Doctor. Goodbye. Goodbye. Wait! Aren't you, why did you do it? Chance to put paid to a villain, ma'am. It wasn't just that, was it? Not quite, ma'am. Thank you, Algie. Goodbye. Well, I wouldn't linger here if I were you. These moors, you know, they're still scarring them for rebels. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ta-da. One thing I don't understand, where those contracts went. I have no idea. Well, how did I get there? <laughs> you old fraud. <laughs> Come on, we must go. Jamie, we can't leave him here. True, ship sailed. What will you do? Oh, I'll be all right. They won't catch me. Do you hear that? They'll catch us all if we don't move fast. 
Doctor, can we take him with us? If he teaches me to play the bagpipes. If you want, Doctor. Oh, that's all we need. Come on, Come Trini. On. But where are we going? You'll see. Finally, the final story I think that was recorded by uh, the gentleman whose tapes we found was the underwater menace. And some of that exists anyway, and he's just about to come out on Blu-ray. But here's an extract from episode one. What, what's this? You'll find out. I don't think I want to. It's a machine, my old Aggies, which will take us away from Scotland forever. Where to? Ah, uh, well, that, as the doctor would say, is in the lap of the gods. We never know. Ah, uh, you, you'd not be leading me on now, would you? Is it a fact you don't know where we're going? Quite true. And what more we don't even know what year it'll be at. Oh, no, I don't believe it. Any man can tell a time no tide. Robert Burns, eh? Who's Robert Burns? Oh, I can be remembered. What? Well, to Jamie, it's 1746. Robert Burns wasn't born until 1759. It's sort of complicated, isn't it? Well, what's happening now? We're just beginning to land. All tight, everyone. Land? Don't be scared, Jamie. It's all right, really. I get a sort of queer feeling. I mean, we never know what we're going to find, do we? Ah, that's the fun. Stand by. Here we go. Please, let it be Chelsea, 1966. I hope it's a Daleks. I don't think. Prehistoric monsters. What have I come upon? <laughs> Well, that wasn't too bad. Let's go outside, Doctor. Yeah, come on, Daddy, you and me first. Well, you never know, you know. What? Well, we don't know what's going to be waiting for us down there, do we? Come on, Doctor, open up. Yes, I don't see why not. Uh, looks all right to me. Wait! For me. <laughs> this time, I'll guess where we are. All right, then. Where are we? Cornwall. Well, you said that last time. And I was right. The Isles, maybe. Don't you know? I'm the clue. <laughs> Not the Isles of Britain, anyway. How can you tell? This rock. It's volcanic. Not very old, either. How old? Miocene. What? What? It's only about 25 million years old. Look! Hey, that's an extinct volcano, isn't it? Possibly. Possibly. Uh, not going for the wheel of brown. Yes, then. Come on. Okay. All right, we're going to see. What shall we get there? Ben? What now? I'm beginning to see things. Where? Down there, look. Sorry, it's all sort of moving. Ah, you're round that twist. There, there it is again! Do you see anything? Nothing. Then I'll have to walk to go back. It... No, not me. I'm in the depot. No, I'm here. I'm beef too. Wait for me!
Oh. Can't we stop? Have a breather. Ben and I'll go on. You stay here. Oh, no. Well, we shan't be long enough. Back before you know it. Right. So there you go. Isn't that fantastic? That's our fitting tribute to Doctor Who, 60 years old. Happy birthday, Doctor. Okay, may you continue for another 60 years. Kaleidoscope won't be here by then, but I'm sure you will, that you'll probably be into your 67th regeneration by then or something. Anyway, until next time, bye. There is only one form of life that matters. Dalek life. The Earth creatures are to be exterminated. Fire at my command. Total extermination. Fire, fire, fire.